Lose the Cape Podcast, Episode 51. Welcome to the Lose the Cape Podcast, where we get real with busy moms and talk about how they survive their daily juggle. If you are a busy mom who believes in the idea of moms helping moms with tips, tools, and resources to survive, this is the podcast for you. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Lose the Cape podcast. I am your host, Alexa Bigwarf. And yes, I do realize in episode 50, we announced that I would have a co-host, Aubrey Matthews, and she will be joining me. However, we had a bunch of interviews that still were to come. So you'll be getting um, a few more episodes with just me, and then we're going to start sprinkling in the interviews with Aubrey. So stay tuned. You'll get your first one next Monday. Day, which is actually my interview that I conducted with Aubrey back a few months ago. So today I am interviewing Judy Ulrich. She is a copywriter extraordinaire, a mom, a musician, all kinds of fun stuff. She's got a lot of great information to share, especially if you're looking to learn more about how to be a great copywriter and how to gain more leads. But before we get into the interview, I want to once again thank our sponsor, Eating Clean, Cooking Dirty. We are now in the last week of Sam's free Whole30 Challenge, but that does not mean you cannot sign up to join it and just do it um, a month after everybody else. The link to our wonderful um, Whole30 program is on the website in our show notes at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 51. I am absolutely thrilled with Sam and her program. She provides weekly um, recipes and shopping lists and instructions on how to meal plan, meal prep, and get everything ready so you can get it all done on Saturday or Sunday. All of your meals are ready for the whole week. It's a Whole30 program, which means you're eliminating all the junk, but it's a great program to do. If you're not interested in Whole30, she also offers other plans as well. One is an 80% clean eating plan, meal plan, and the other is 100% clean if you do want to try and stick to eating clean. the clean eating, right? I cannot even begin to express to you how much good this program has done for me. First of all, just having someone walk me through the elements of meal planning helps me tremendously. There's no more standing at the fridge at 5 o'clock thinking, oh my gosh, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? Um, My kids are eating these healthy meals. We're eating a ton more vegetables and just fun stuff, and it's been great. I am down 13 pounds in three weeks. I feel wonderful, and I cannot, 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 cannot say enough good things about the difference that uh, Eating Clean has done for me. So check out Sam and her Eating Clean Cooking Dirty. Check out the Whole30 program before it's too late. It's a it's a month worth of incredible recipes for uh, for free. So don't miss out on that. All right. I hope you enjoy the podcast today. Well, let's talk about you. Um, you are a copywriter, correct? I am. Um, I'm a direct response copywriter. So what does that mean exactly? Because I'm quote unquote a copywriter as well, but I don't know what a direct response copywriter is. Well, most of what I do is designed to get someone to click something. Oh, so you're a money maker. I am. <laughs> and the idea is awesome. to get someone to make some kind of response, whether it's to find out more. It could be to read more in the blog. It could be to buy now. Any of these. Mm-hmm. They're all good. 
Uh-huh. And how do you um how do you measure success? Your success rate? Do you do you keep in touch with your clients? Are you able to monitor um the purchases or how how do you know that you're a good direct response copywriter? <laughs> I don't get feedback from everyone, but I do um, get feedback from some clients, and it's great when you get that that email back saying how much money they made on the launch or you know how much their response rate went up on the email. So I, not everybody has time to give the feedback, and not everybody has, um, unfortunately, not everybody, you know, yeah, has time. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, if you're hiring a copywriter and other people to do launches for you, you're probably um, significantly busy, but <laughs> yes. busy enough. So, so well, um, how long have you been doing that? And is that have you always been a writer, or is that something that you started recently? Or what's what's your story? Well, I actually um, went to graduate school in historical musicology so wow that's basically <laughs> research and writing uh -huh. which you can apply to a lot of different things copywriting is vastly different uh, the kind of vocabulary you use is really really different and and the reasons for doing it are different um, but after that I ended up actually doing well I homeschooled for years so I was teaching writing but I continued to um, work actually instead of in musicology I I continued the performance part-time because that was something hmm. that was doable part-time mm -hmm. without getting your doctorate you just continue to study with the coach right right uh, so I was always sending out promo packets and emails and you know always doing uh, publicity and sending out spots for the radio or the paper um, that actually was copywriting uh -huh. I didn't realize it at the time and then you know also you know drumming up parents for uh, starting sports programs through the through the homeschool community that too um, but what got me back into writing more after that more just uh, creative writing was actually my daughter was diagnosed with a really terrible uh, actually digestive disease and we Ooh. worked for six months to get her better through natural means so I ended up uh, making a blog for that and and just getting into some uh, more experimenting with blogs on the side and as my kids got older, I really had to make the transition into a non-homeschooling work. Mm -hmm. So I actually went back to writing about music again, and I got something published in a really prestigious quarterly. Uh, it was an analysis of uh, some new compositions for voice and guitar, classical guitar. Uh, it was settings of the poetry of Robert Frost. It was wonderful. I didn't get paid. And I'm thinking, you know, I really need to find a way to make this pay. Ah, <laughs> uh, for sure. <laughs> find some way. I some Something I really enjoy doing because I love writing. I love the craft. It's, it's like music. You just, you keep learning and you keep going back and you keep revising and training, right? Um, and a way to do that that I enjoy. So I took a course in copywriting. It was uh, AWAI. They have this uh, incredible course that has a very, very good reputation. So I went through that mm -hmm. and I found that I really loved writing. I kept reading about it, kept studying, and I was brought up to be sort of biased towards salespeople. <laughs> um, which is funny because my dad, um, my dad's dad had businesses, you know, they had a diner, they had a furniture store, but on my mom's side of the family, oh, well, you had to be like, 
in the clergy or you had to be a scientist. And my, you know, both my parents were mathematicians. So, well, math teacher and mathematician. And so anyway, there's a sort of like a sleazy salesman sort of idea that we had. So I found out that that's not true at all. And in copywriting, so much of what you're doing is really studying what people actually want and need. And then when you write your sales copy, you're actually trying to find just the people that really actually do want it. The others, you really don't want them to respond. You're finding the people who are actually looking for what you've got. And sometimes you're working with people to give people the product that they want that doesn't even exist yet. Mm -hmm. So true. Well, so how old are your children now? Oh gosh, Um, they range from almost 14 to 22. Okay, so you're you're no longer dealing with the small children running around the house, so that makes it a little bit easier to focus on your on your business, although teenagers are uh, busy. <laughs> Usually, are your teenagers busy? They are. Well, I've got two kids off in college, um, so that's... Expensive. <laughs> One is totally self-paying. When nice. he's doing engineering, he's got double minors in math and physics. Oh, my he just, goodness. He's like, he works like crazy. I keep telling him, you know, Edward, just, you need to relax. Go out and have a beer. <laughs> like, go go do something for fun. And he just, he's in the lab. And <laughs> Anyway, and my other kid, yeah, she's expensive. Private Catholic <laughs> college. It's phenomenal. Um, but we're still getting huge financial aid. Um, and I like to say that my best... The best return I've ever gotten on copywriting was the guidance counselor admissions letters I wrote for my kids. Oh my gosh! And putting together their packages because we got, you know, at least a hundred thousand dollars just from wow, um, from two letters there. So, <laughs> well, that is an an excellent um, skill for that. Wow, that's that's impressive. I hated filling out those forms. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and the essays. Oh, I haven't done one for my kids yet. They're still little, but um, wow, that's good. So, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, oh no, no, no. Go ahead. Um, so you have is is your 14 year old the only one still in the house, or do you have a several still at home? I've got two still at home. Okay. So yeah, you know, with teenagers, the distraction, with the basic challenge is lack of sleep. Uh-huh. And I'm married to a professional musician, so. Everyone has really bizarre hours. When the kids are home from college, it's almost impossible to sleep. We're all up working really late and uh, and talking really, really late. Yeah. Okay, so you're really depressing me because I was really hoping that by the time my kids were teenagers, I would be sleeping. <laughs> and you're telling me that there's no sleep. Oh, no. It depends. <laughs> oh, gosh. So thinking how um, – how long ago did you start your copywriting business then, and uh, how old were your kids at that time? Well, I really just started this whole process about a year ago. Oh, wow, okay. October. So this was kind of like your empty nest, almost half-empty nest <laughs> exploration, <laughs> right? <laughs> it was, um, well, I'd been exploring um, before that. I had this, I'm 49, and I had this goal to have my real job, my, well, I do have a real job, but my... <laughs> my full-time post-homeschooling music job, that would be by the time I was 50. So I actually looked at some other things and part of the challenge was getting rid of those or cutting them back when I um, picked copywriting. So I'd been teaching ESL Mm -hmm. and designing curricula for that um, and volunteering in in parts of the community doing various 
various things. So, well, you've had a very interesting background with, and I, I'm just curious at like how you wind up going from um, the music and health and ESL education to launch helping course uh, creators launch their online courses. That seems like such a big. <laughs> that seems like such a big jump. Well, it's not so much because for the ESL um, and health, I was doing actually health um, education for adults in the area. Um, some ESL and some, uh, you'd say ABE, adult basic education education um, programs. Mm -hmm. And those were very part-time. And there's something I just love doing. I love meeting people from all over the world. I love language. Uh, and I had all those years uh, homeschooling. When you're homeschooling, you're doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one and working with small classes. So it was a good transition. Mm -hmm. So that's something I still am active in, um, just very, very uh, part-time in the community. We have a phenomenal organization in where I live. And it's associated with the college here. And it's called Literacy for Life. And they teach people uh, not just, you know, reading, writing, speaking, listening skills, but also cultural literacy and, and how to deal with the healthcare system here. So that's just something I love to do. And that just comes out of my lifelong love of languages and meeting people. And then I, let's see, the history, history education, music education. Well, history, when I first Let's see, my first job was actually working as an historic site interpreter at Jamestown. Wow. And by the time I was 16, we were doing music programs of early 17th century music twice a day, uh, plus all kinds of wonderful holiday programs and reading so much. And that was one of the things that uh, got me into music history. Uh, so it's all been connected, the music and the history and the teaching and meeting people. <laughs> Wow. And my first copywriting job was actually, it wasn't really paid. It was part of an internship. And I would say it was making the French language brochure at Jamestown for the visitors that were coming through for the uh, big summit. Ooh. It was, uh, was it G7? Anyway, we had all the heads of state, uh, not all the heads of state, but big heads of state here. Uh, goodness, I think this was in Reagan's time, <laughs> 1983. 1983, I think. Um, so you speak French. I was in 1984. Um, I know I studied it for four or five years. I was vice president of the French house, but uh, <laughs> right now, I read it. Mm -hmm. Not not writing it and speaking it so much. I don't really have an excuse to. Yeah. We in our community we have a lot of Spanish speakers, yeah. so I We're spend time more talking or singing or you know, dealing with things in Spanish if it's another language. Sure. Uh, what part of the country are you in? I'm in Virginia. Oh, okay. Not too far away. I'm just down in South Carolina. Oh, goodness. You did have a hurricane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that was very exciting stuff. Uh, so, okay, we have a lot of listeners uh, for our podcast that are um, self-employed, uh, moms who are working, obviously self-employed implies working, right? <laughs> speaking of speaking of mastering the English language, that was that was, that was a good sentence there. Um, so, can you share some of your tips for 
helping those who might be launching programs or opt-ins or whatever they are trying to get people to click on. Um, can you share some of your tips for getting more qualified leads? Yes, I think the first thing, the most important thing to do is find out what your ideal prospect really, really wants, what's going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of ways to do that. You can do everything from looking at Amazon book reviews um, that are for books that deal with your subject. It could be looking on forums online. It could be talking to people in the field, mm -hmm. but really get to know what they want. And if you find out what they want, then you'll be able to create that as a lead magnet Okay. and have greater success getting the email addresses. That's a good idea. Um, I hadn't even thought about going to the Amazon reviews and seeing. I had heard that before for, for a different strategy, but I mean, it's such a good point that if you can see the types of questions that people still have after they've read a book or something that they're upset about or uh, more interested in, that's that's a fantastic way to hop on board uh, an area that people are interested in. Um, so what about for launches? Um, how you mentioned that you help people shorten their launch times and what 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 did you mean by that? What's that consist of? Well, I work with course creators uh, and a lot of times they have these deadlines. They've got a deadline for completing their course. They're still working on it while they're still trying to launch it and they just can't do it all. And the copy things like sales pages and landing pages can be a real sticking point for a lot of people mm -hmm. and it's a different kind of writing of course they can write they're writing their their whole curricula but it's a different kind of writing and it's more specialized and so just outsourcing that lets them go ahead and finish up all the other details of what they need to sure. do so do you work with um all kinds of um different course creators or do you have a specialized um area like just health coaches or health instructors or something like that? I've worked with a variety. I've worked with um, coaches. I've worked with uh, health people. Um, I did some work for someone who had yoga classes. Mm -hmm. And let's see, what else have I done? <laughs> Uh, that's all right. <laughs> the, the answer is, if, if anybody in our audience is looking for someone to help them with that sales page copy, you would like to talk to them, basically, right? <laughs> right. And I've done uh, also non-online work. So, uh, for example, I've written landing pages and web copy for a Montessori. Oh, wow. So, uh, that's cool. <laughs> so brick and mortar people are not to be excluded from your expertise. Um, well, great. So, I mean, we already talked about the fact that your kids are older now and you have different uh, types of challenges, but are, are your kids who are in high school, are they involved in sports or music programs or things like that as well? Yes. Uh, my kids are involved in archery. Oh, cool. In particular, English longbow, <laughs> uh, but also, uh, yeah, there's actually a, a North American association of of English Longbow, well, of the there's a North American chapter of the English Longbow Society, so they actually do that, and uh, recurve, and I have one kid that's really really into tennis, mm -hmm. um, 
my kids, my two older kids did a lot more music. These uh, later kids, even though we do a lot of music, are doing more sports. That's interesting. Although <laughs> they've all performed with us for, for uh, regional and local concert series. That's very cool. You're like the Von Trapp family singers or family musicians. Yeah, we got that a lot. <laughs> we got that a lot. But, um, I, you know, I had them singing things in, in four parts in Latin when they were really, really young. <laughs> Talk about but setting the bar so high. Yeah, it's just, yeah, but it's, it just wasn't worth it. Yeah. it. It wasn't something that, it's hard to to make, you don't want to make your kids want to do it. I want them to do the things they're really enthusiastic about. And they see that the, the life of a musician is, they've all seen that that's not an easy right. one. Although I've been able to stay home and, and raise four kids on you know, with my husband being a classical guitarist, it doesn't come right. easily. It means that you're, you know, you're teaching all day, you're driving to gigs, and then you're practicing till midnight. Right. So. Yeah, I come from a family with uh, several, many professional musicians as well. Many. My brother, my cousins are both um, professional musicians, and my aunt, their mother, was also a professional musician. And I went into um, music, actually, in college, but I quickly changed my major. <laughs> It just, oh, wow. uh, I, you know, me uh, sitting in a practice room for three or four hours a day by myself just wasn't quite cutting it for me, so. Okay, what was your instrument? I played the flute. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to teach myself the guitar right now, but uh, in what spare time, I don't know. So that's one of those things that just gets put off as I say, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow, but it's not happening really can't do everything. you really cannot <laughs> so that's just the thing that's been put aside until um until until I don't know until I don't have kids to chase after or something right so um how how do you do you recall some of the ways that you were able to balance especially uh the the types of schedules that you're talking about with the music and performance and practicing and all that kind of stuff um how were you able to balance managing all of that and managing a home and doing everything you were doing uh, I'm not doing all the things I used to do so I do less music um, less and I do less teaching I've completely cut out all ESL classes for the semester mm -hmm. I outsource my kids education um, <laughs> I don't teach my 17-year-old anything. I can edit his papers and help him with uh, with that. I've outsourced many of the classes for my 14-year-old as well. And I used to cook everything from scratch, everything. <laughs> and now I've realized that across the street, there's a grocery store that has rotisserie chickens, <laughs> and they cost $1 more than cooking exactly. them Exactly. <laughs> it's so worth it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I'm I'm learning to, to let go of perfection in mm -hmm. many ways, to let go of a lot of things that are really good. I mean, there's so many good good things that I can do, but it's really hard to do anything really really well if you do that many good things. It's that's so true. Yeah, you try to do it all, you wind up doing nothing well. Um, so you know, I, it's interesting that you use the word outsource for your kids' education. So are they still being homeschooled, but just by someone else? Well, it's a combination. Okay. 
It's a combination. That's really interesting. We have a fairly large homeschooling community down here, and it, it fascinates me. Like, I never realized when I was first learning about homeschooling, I thought it was something that you just did on your – and I think it probably used to be this way, that you just did it on your own and, you know, figured it all out. And here we have, I mean, like groups of 14, 20 kids that, that are participating in – in a homeschooling program together and it's like wow that's not at all what I thought about homeschooling <laughs> no and it's it's really diverse I mean every family has their own approach and we've been really fortunate uh, for example my oldest son was the same age as another uh, kid and they both needed to take chemistry at the same time and this guy's mom just happened to have be former <laughs> faculty chemistry faculty from the US Coast Guard Academy and now she basically tells FEMA what to do. I'm not really sure what she does. <laughs> she's, she's got knowledge, we just, though. <laughs> we hang on together. We don't have the full extent right. of what she does and probably never will. But she taught them on Sunday mornings. They had a lab, and they would uh, they would do stoichiometry and, and burn gummy bears. Oh, well, <laughs> that, that's interesting. For <laughs> I think my kids would enjoy that type of uh, interactive lab experience. Oh, my goodness. So um, in the mix of all of this, do you find time to take care of yourself and what types of things do you like to do to uh, get time for just you? Well, I don't find enough time for myself these days. In the past year with the whole freelancing roller coaster, starting a business uh, project, I've missed a lot of that, but I'm starting to get balance again. and. One of the things I really like to do is just take mm. a walk. Taking a walk is great. Another thing I love to do, it's it's funny because I'm always dealing with words and writing, but my favorite thing my favorite things to do are really to just go sit out on the deck or on the beach with mm -hmm. a book and relax with a big cup of tea or to go to the library. I just love being all by myself mm -hmm. at the library for about an hour to just look through everything oh that sounds heavenly <laughs> I haven't been on a soul trip to the library in quite a while actually oh my gosh um and I skipped over this question but I meant to ask you do you have any um resources that you just love to use that help you in your daily uh juggle to keep things straight schedules straight uh whatever it may be meal planning outsourcing anything I really love my Google Calendar and my Acuity mm. Scheduler. Yes, Those yes, I love lot. Acuity. <laughs> I, yeah, and I have a giant whiteboard uh, that's divided into about 20 different sections for different parts of my business and quarterly goals, and that just keeps everything in front of me. And then I have another whiteboard <laughs> with uh, things I need to remember about copywriting and just things I need to check. Another one behind me with, uh, I, I like to keep a nice quote up there for inspiration. And then there, there's some books that have helped. Uh, one really isn't related to copywriting, but it's by this gal named Marie Condor. It's called The Magic Art of Tidying uh -huh. Up. And uh, that helped me get rid of about 400 books and I don't know how many clothes and just junk from the house and, and keep things reasonable because things tend to pile up when you're busy. So yes. I go back to that book from time to time. And then the last thing is a book by uh, Michael Bungay Stanier. And actually, I love his, his short little animated videos as well. Have you ever heard of I have of not. How did, how's that name spelled? Uh, S 
T-A-N-I-E-R. Okay. That would be the last part of it. Michael and then Bungay would be B-U-N-G-A-Y. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I think he's <laughs> Canadian. Um, anyway, he's actually a coach for okay. coaches. So he coaches coaches. And uh, not just to get good productivity out of out of employees and uh, businesses, although he works with all kinds of businesses, but also to help them do really outstanding, innovative work. And he has a great book. It's a teeny little book called Do More Great <laughs> Work. And on his website, uh, he has some cute little videos. And he has really simple, what you think would be obvious reminders and steps that, again, aren't really terribly simple, but they're things that aren't always intuitive uh, that help me keep things mm-hmm. sane. So one of the things, well, obviously he talks about great work and good work and the difference. And he says, well, I love projects. So I love, I love just getting a project, one incredible thing I'm going to do and just working that to the end and then starting a new one. But in between, you know, you have all the other good things that you do. One of the things he talks about is saying no. Yes, I have a problem and with how that. You really, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm in recovery. And, and how really, if you want to do something great, you have to say no to a lot of other things, even really, mm-hmm. really good things, or it's not going to happen. And then another thing that he's really, really helped me with is uh, before you say yes, ask at least three questions mm-hmm. don't say yes automatically just give it a little bit of time mm-hmm. that's good advice and does he give I mean does can it be any three questions or what type of questions does he suggest uh, you oh <laughs> okay he doesn't come up with standardized <laughs> questions on. darn it I have to put more thought into it <laughs> and then there are these things like paying attention to um what makes you work mm-hmm. the best? You know, when you are doing your best work, what's in place? I mean, how are you dressed? You know, what are you doing in your life? You know, what makes you work at, at oh, goodness, my computer's going out, um, and at your best. And then the other thing that's really helped me, which isn't really a resource people can just uh, buy on Amazon, is to get coaching, mm-hmm. to get help, to get mentors. Those are really, really important because they make us do things a lot faster they can save us time by helping us avoid mistakes Mm -hmm. agreed for sure and I wish that I had started down the coaching route a lot sooner um because it could have saved me a lot of time and money and as you mentioned mistakes but well those are fantastic resources and um I want to make sure everybody knows where to find you if you want to share that contact information Sure. It's, uh, I'll have to spell my name. It's a little bit tricky. But it's judyolbrick.com, and that's J-U-D-Y-O-L-B as in boy, R-Y-C-H. Dot com. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I really enjoyed talking about one of my favorite topics, which is writing. So, <laughs> and hearing all about your varied experiences Well, thank you so much for having me on the call. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for listening to the Lose the Cape podcast. We hope you enjoyed this wonderful episode with Judy Ulbrich. We'd love it if you'd head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and uh, leave us a review, or even better yet, subscribe and leave us a, a review. 
We just want to get the word out to everyone we can about our podcast and hopefully the great information, I think it's great information, that we're sharing with all our listeners. You can find all of today's show notes at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 51.